Welcome back to the Non-Believer Bible Club. Before we begin today's boring reading in Deuteronomy, I'd like to talk a little bit about the last passage that I read from last week's episode. Deuteronomy 17.14-15 through 15. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt possess it, and shalt dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me. Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee. So, this was weird to me. If you've been following so far, or are just a fan, I think they call those believers, then you know what's weird about that. The Israelites have only ever had the high priest since they started doing this following God thing. The high priest is the closest to God, the highest authority that their community needs to care about. So where does this needing a king come from? Well, the verse answers that. When thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God has given thee, so the promised land, Israel, and shalt possess it and dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me. Here Moses is addressing the people. He needs to talk about a king because the people are going to settle in the promised land and want a king. They will ask for a king for the express reason that they want to be like everyone else, all the nations around us. They got kings. Where's our king? So you can just throw this in the long list of times God predicts the future because we're not sure who's talking right now. It's Moses thinking ahead, being like, man, these people are going to want kings, or it's God using Moses to warn them or inform them of his plan. Here's an interpretation from the pulpit commentary. Moses foresaw that the people would wish to be as the nations around them, governed by a king, and he legislates accordingly without approving of that wish. Moses may not agree with it, but he's got to come up with laws for it if they're going to survive. So if the people will have a king, what will that king be like? As we read in the passage, God will choose this person from among their brethren. So he won't be a stranger. Can't give himself a lot of horses. Can't give himself a lot of wives. Can't give himself silver and gold. Most importantly, he cannot return to Egypt. He should not bring the people back to the place where they just escaped. Another way of looking at this is falling into the idolatry of Egypt, the mentality of Egypt. And lastly, he shall write him a copy of this law. So he has to write, you assume handwrite, a copy of the Torah. Keep it with him and read all the days of his life so that he may fear the Lord. Keep the word of the law and the statutes. And lastly, do them. Doesn't matter if you read and keep, gotta do. These are the qualities of someone worthy to be the king of the Israelites. Who will this king be? According to the Christians, it's Jesus. It's always Jesus. Jesus is the answer to everything. I just read an interpretation of when Moses strikes the rock two times. The rock was also Jesus. and They made it work. You got to give credit where credit's due. That's pretty good. Anyway, this time, the king is someone who's not going to take multiple wives. Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't give himself multiple horses. He doesn't give himself silver and gold. And lastly, Jesus is a preacher. He keeps the words with him and reads and prays every day. 
See, they thought he was talking about a king, but what he was actually talking about... (sighs) So take the Christian view and tuck it away for later. The reality of this circumstance is that no matter what, things are not going to change. And that's good, because right now what they have is the perfect God-fearing, God-worshipping society. The highest authority of the people is the high priest. But remember 1718. He shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. So the copy of the Torah the king has to write is directly from the books of the priests. In other words, the people will get a king, but he will be educated as a priest. God won't let his will not be done. On the other hand, what Moses wants for his people. You read in the last verse of chapter 17, verse 20, that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children, in the midst of Israel. A good king can rule in the present, but a great king will rule in the future as well, through his generations. Him, his wisdom, and his teachings become immortal. That's what the Christians say Jesus does. It's a, you can't escape it. It's all over the place. All right, that's good enough. Let's get back into it. Joineth me as we continue Deuteronomy. Chapter 18. The priests, the Levites, and all the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire and his inheritance. Therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance, as he hath said unto them. And this shall be the priests due from the people, from them that offer a sacrifice whether it be ox or sheep, and they shall give unto the priest the shoulder and the two cheeks and the maw. The first fruit also of thy corn, of thy wine, and of thine oil, and the first of the fleece of thy sheep, shalt thou give him. For the Lord thy God hath chosen him out of all thy tribes to stand to minister in the name of the Lord, him and his sons forever. And if a Levite come, from any of thy gates out of all Israel where he sojourned, and come with all the desire of his mind unto the place which the Lord shall choose, then he shall minister in the name of the Lord his God, as all his brethren the Levites do, which stand there before the Lord. They shall have like portions to eat, beside that which cometh of the sale of his patrimony. So, if you're a Levite, you are a Levite wherever you go, and afforded the same rights as Levites everywhere. You get the same portions despite what you've inherited from your fathers. That line, that which cometh of the sale of his patrimony, I didn't really understand that. It seems reaction in the community is mixed. The Cambridge Bible for schools and colleges determines either we have an abbreviated legal formula, the meaning of which is lost, or the text is corrupt. It being a paraphrase of the difficult Hebrew beside his sales or realized values or prices on the fathers. Verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. The abominations of those nations. 
There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou possess, hearkened unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken, according to all that thou desired, desiredst, desiredst of the Lord thy God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more that I die not. So that time when God showed up and everybody was freaked out. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass, that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. Dang, that's a situation. So if you're the people, don't let a false prophet trick you into doing whatever he says and being afraid of him. But also, if you're a prophet, better be sure you're not fudging the words. There's very little room for error here, especially when your life is on the line. Chapter 19 When the Lord thy God hath cut off the nations, whose land the Lord thy God giveth thee, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in their cities and in their houses. Thou shalt separate three cities for three, three cities for thee in the midst of thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Thou shalt prepare thee a way, and divide the coast of thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee to inherit, into three parts, that every slayer may flee thither. And this is the case of the slayer, which shall flee thither that he may live. Whoso killeth his neighbor ignorantly, whom he hated not in time past. As when a man goeth into the wood with his neighbor to hew wood, and his hand fetcheth a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree, and the head slippeth from the helve, and lighteth upon his neighbor that he die. He shall flee unto one of those cities, and live. Lest the avenger of the blood pursue the slayer while his heart is hot, and overtake him, because the way is long, and slay him, whereas he was not worthy of death, inasmuch as he hated him not in time past. Therefore I command thee, saying, 
thou shalt separate three cities for thee. And if the Lord thy God enlarge thy coast, as he hath sworn unto thy fathers, and give thee all the land which he promised to give unto thy fathers, if thou shalt keep all these commandments to do them, which I command thee this day, to love the Lord thy God, and to walk ever in his ways, then shalt thou add three cities more for thee beside these three, that innocent blood be not shed in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance, and so blood be upon thee. But if any man hate his neighbor, and lie in wait for him, and rise up against him, and smite him mortally, that he die, and fleeth into one of these cities, then the elders of his city shall send and fetch him thence, and deliver him into the hand of the avenger of blood, that he may die. Thine eye shall not pity him, but thou shalt put away the guilt of innocent blood from Israel, that it may go well with thee. Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Yeah, I remember that land. The land. The land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to inherit, to possess it. That land. So, there is an ancient landmark in the land which you are going to inherit. Don't fuck with it. Makes sense to me. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity, or for any sin, in any sin that he sinneth, at the mouth of two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges which shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition. Diligent inquisition. And behold, if the witness be a false witness, and hath testified falsely against his brother, then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother. So shalt thou put the evil away from among you. And those which remain shall hear and fear, and shall henceforth commit no more any such evil among you. And thine eye shall not pity, but life shall go for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Nothing we haven't heard before. Let's continue. Chapter 20 When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be, when ye are come nigh unto the battle, that the priest shall approach. The priest shall approach and speak unto the people, and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, and do not tremble. Neither be ye terrified because of them. Page turn. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And the officers shall speak unto the people, saying, What man is there that hath built a new house and hath not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man dedicate it. And what man is he that hath planted a vineyard and hath not yet eaten of it? 
let him also go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man eat of it. And what man is there that hath betrothed a wife, and hath not taken her? Let him go and return unto his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man take her. And the officers shall speak further unto the people, and they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. And it shall be, when the officers have made an end of speaking unto the people, that they shall make captains of the armies to lead the people. So this is interesting. Between Ellicott's commentary for English readers and Benson's commentary, I've learned that the organization of Israel was not military, but military leaders were appointed for special services. This is why they say, they shall make captains of the armies. Israelites of military age are 20 to 50, and they are expected to attend to certain responsibilities. This being agricultural responsibilities, personal responsibilities, the responsibility of their own courage. If they were feeling like, oh, I'm going to be a pussy today, then they would just be ordered to leave. Remember that they're trying to build a nation. If you haven't properly tended to the agriculture, then you haven't been doing your duty. Then when you die, there's a lot of work to be done. So everybody in the military needs to be responsible, tending to their houses. And if they're afraid, they better get out because war is not for the fearful. Everybody needs to be of the same mind. If you put one fearful person in an army of strong people, that person may have the ability to make the people around him afraid as well. That said, Benson clarifies, this and the following exceptions are to be understood only of a war allowed by God, not in a war commanded by God, not in the approaching war with the Canaanites, from which the bridegroom was not exempt. So, no dipping out of the war when it's the one God's telling you to fight. Okay, moving on. When thou comest nigh unto a city to fight against it, then proclaim peace unto it. And it shall be, if it make thee answer of peace and open unto thee, then it shall be that all the people that is found therein shall be tributaries unto thee, and they shall serve thee. But if it will make no peace with thee, but will make war against thee, then thou shalt besiege it. And when the Lord thy God hath delivered it into thine hands, thou shalt smite every male thereof with the edge of the sword. But the women and the little ones and the cattle and all that is in the city, even all the spoil thereof, shalt thou take unto thyself. And thou shalt eat the spoil of thine enemies, which the Lord thy God hath given thee. Thus shalt thou do unto all the cities which are very far off from thee, which are not of the cities of these nations, but of the cities of these people, which the Lord thy God doth give thee for an inheritance. Thou shalt save alive nothing that breatheth, but thou shalt utterly destroy them, namely, the usual suspects, the Hittites and the Amorites, the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that they teach you not to do after all their abominations, which they have done unto their gods. So should ye sin against the Lord your God. That sounds like the opposite of what it means. And so following them, you would sin against God. So don't. When thou shalt besiege a city a long time, 
in making war against it to take it. Thou shalt not destroy the trees thereof by forcing an axe against them, for they mayest eat of them, and thou shalt not cut them down, for the tree of the field is man's life to employ them in the siege. Only the trees which thou knowest that they be not trees for meat, thou shalt destroy and cut them down, and thou shalt build bulwarks against the city that maketh war with thee, until it be subdued. Chapter 21 If one be found slain in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it, lying in the field, and it be not known who hath slain him, then thy elders and thy judges shall come forth, and they shall measure unto the cities which are round about him that is slain. And it shall be that the city which is next unto the slain man, even the elders of that city, shall take an heifer, which hath not been wrought with, and which hath not drawn in the yoke. And the elders of that city shall bring down the heifer unto a rough valley, which is neither eared nor sown, and shall strike off the heifer's neck there in the valley. What's he going to do without his neck? And the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come near, for them the Lord thy God hath chosen to minister unto him, and to bless in the name of the Lord. And by their word shall every controversy and every stroke be tried. And all the elders of that city that are next unto the slain man shall wash their hands over the heifer that is beheaded in the valley. And they shall answer and say, Our hands have not shed this blood, neither have our eyes seen it. Be merciful, O Lord, unto thy people Israel, whom thou hast redeemed, and lay not innocent blood unto thy people of Israel's charge, and the blood shall be forgiven them. So shalt thou put away the guilt of innocent blood from among you, and thou shalt do that which is right in the sight of the Lord. When thou goest forth to war against thine enemies, and the Lord thy God hath delivered them into thine hands, and thou hast taken them captive, and seest among the captives a beautiful woman, and hast a desire unto her, that thou wouldest have her to thy wife, then thou shalt bring her home to thine house, and she shall shave her head, and pare her nails, and she shall put the raiment of her captivity from off her, and shall remain in thine house, and bewail her father and her mother a full month. And after that, thou shalt go in unto her, and be her husband, and she shall be thy wife. <laughs> wonder how she feels about all this. And it shall be, if thou have no delight in her, then thou shalt let her go whither she will, but thou shalt not sell her at all for money. Thou shalt not make merchandise of her, because... Thou hast humbled her. Yeah, that'd be a real, as they say in the Bible, dick move. If a man have two wives, one beloved and another hated, and they have borne him children, both the beloved and the hated. We've heard this before. And if the firstborn son be hers that was hated, then it shall be, when he maketh his sons to inherit that which he, that which he hath, that he may not make the son of the beloved firstborn before the son of the hated, which is indeed the firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the son of the hated for the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he hath, for he is the beginning of his strength. 
the right of the firstborn is his. All right. Interesting to see where they swing on this. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that, when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And it's not a phase, Mom. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Wow. So interesting to hear if we apply to previous happenings in the Bible. I'm thinking primarily of Esau, who was the first son, but then was cheated of his inheritance because his brother Jacob, who would become Israel, who would father the Israelites, tricked their dad into giving it to him. On the other hand, Esau was also the loser brother. He would party and drink. He took the local women to be his wives. He took multiple wives. So according to these laws, Esau both would have gotten the inheritance that he deserved and been stoned. Good to know. And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God. Whoa. So when Judas hangs himself, oh, spoiler, for betraying Jesus, ah, oh, spoiler, to the Romans who crucify Jesus, ah, spoiler, before he's resurrected again in the end, ah, saving all mankind, I'm sorry, for that act and for hanging himself. Judas is accursed of God. His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day, for he that is hanged is accursed of God, that the land not be defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Chapter 22 Thou shalt not see thy brother's ox or his sheep go astray, and hide thyself from them. Thou shalt in any case Bring them again unto thy brother. And if thy brother be not nigh unto thee, or if thou know him not, then thou shalt bring it unto thine own house, and it shall be with thee until thy brother seek after it, and thou shalt restore it to him again. In like manner shalt thou do with his ass, and so shalt do, and so shalt thou do with his raiment, and with all lost thing of thy brother's which he hath lost and thou hast found, shalt thou do likewise. Thou mayest not hide thyself. Thou shalt not see thy brother's ass or his ox fall down by the way, and hide thyself from them. Thou shalt surely help him to lift them up again. Yeah, this one's a little too relatable. I didn't know the Bible had a section for, oh, I didn't see anything. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Oof, 
that's how the bureaucracy tries to justify burning Joan of Arc, by the way. Armor is man's clothing. Fucking bullshit. If a bird's nest chance to be before thee, in the way in any tree, or on the ground, whether they be young ones or eggs, and the dam sitting upon the young, or upon the eggs, thou shalt not take the dam with the young, but thou shalt in any wise let the dam go, and take the young to thee, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days. This one makes sense, because if you're taking the eggs, it's a shame. They're all, <laughs> they're the bird's kids, but you didn't kill the bird. The bird can make more eggs that you can take. Vicious cycle. Hell on earth for the bird. But you always have more eggs. Take it the other way. No more birds. When thou buildest a new house, then thou shalt make a battlement for thy roof, that thou bring not blood upon thine house, if any man fall from thence. Thou shalt not sow thy vineyard with diverse seeds, lest the fruit of thy seed which thou hast sown, and the fruit of thy vineyard, be defiled. Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. Huh. Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of woolen and linen together. Thou shalt make thee fringes upon the four quarters of thy vesture, wherewith thou coverest thyself. If any man take a wife, and go in unto her, and hate her, and give occasions of speech against her, and bring up an evil name upon her, and say, I, page turn. Took this woman, and when I came to her, I found her not a maid. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity, unto the elders of the city in the gate. And the damsel's father shall say unto the elders, I gave my daughter unto this man to wife, and he hateth her. And lo, he hath given occasions of speech against her, saying, I found not thy daughter a maid, and yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity. And they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. So, if you don't know what they're talking about, and you're very, very young, cover your ears. You shouldn't be listening to this anyway. I curse all the time. This cloth is kept in the wedding bed because the woman is a virgin. She will bleed when the intercourse takes place. This blood-stained sheet was the primary source of evidence for women's virginity at this time. We've come a long way. And the elders of that city shall take that man and chastise him. Real bad. You're going to get chastised, boy. And they shall immerse him. A-M-E-R-C-E. Another way of saying, basically, he's going to pay a fine. They shall immerse him in an hundred shekels of silver and give them unto the father of the damsel, because he hath brought up an evil name upon a virgin of Israel. And she shall be his wife. Oh, that sucks. He may not put her away all his days. But if this thing be true, and the tokens of virginity be not found for the damsel, side note, virginity and the, all of these sensitive topics were up for grabs in the social sphere. 
I've heard stories of English kings and queens on their wedding night just being watched by a bunch of people to make sure that they have sex. Man, it's just it's a different life. It's a different world. Anyway, if this thing be true and the tokens of virginity be not found for the damsel, then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house, and the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die, because she hath wrought folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. Yeesh! If a man be found lying with a woman married to an husband, then they shall both of them die. Oh no! Everybody's dying and having sex and dying. Both the man that lay with the woman and the woman. So shalt thou put away evil from Israel. This is all about putting the evil away. If a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto an husband, and a man find her in the city and lie with her, then ye shall bring them both out unto the gate of the city. They're getting stoned. And ye shall stone them, told you, with stones that they die. The damsel, because she cried not, being in the city. And the man, because he hath humbled his neighbor's wife. So thou shalt put away evil from among you. But if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field, and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lay with her shall die. Good. But unto the damsel thou shalt do nothing. Even better. There is in the damsel no sin worthy of death. For as when a man riseth against his neighbor and slayeth him, even so is this matter. For he found her in the field, and the betrothed damsel cried and there was none to save her. If a man find a damsel that is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and lay hold on her, and lie with her, and they be found, then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife, because he hath humbled her. He may not put her away all his days. A man shall not take his father's wife, nor discover his father's skirt. What? Okay, time to find out what the father's skirt is all about. One, two, three, go. All right, Matthew Poole's commentary, getting some action. His father's skirt, i.e. the skirt of the mother's garment, i.e. the nakedness, which is here called his father's skirt, because his father and mother were one flesh, or because his father alone had the right to uncover it. The phrase is taken from the ancient custom or ceremony of the bridegroom spreading the skirt of his garment over the bride to signify his right to her and authority over her and his obligation to the marriage duty. Don't have sex unless she is your wife. Don't have sex if she is your mom. Don't have sex if she is someone else's wife simple rules guys simple rules and on this set of rules we will end our reading for today i think this time i learned more about what i should not do than what i should do if israel is going to make a great nation then first they have to see an abomination the israelites will soon occupy the land of canaan it's on them not only to follow the law of God, 
but to not follow the laws of not God. I thought this was put in a very interesting way at the beginning of today's reading, Deuteronomy 18.14. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do. All of the things that they enjoyed in Egypt, some of the things that the Israelites miss, these other nations aren't enjoying themselves. Or they may enjoy themselves greatly, but not in the end. What this passage says is that those nations are suffering too. What makes the children of Israel so special is they needn't suffer in the same way. Everyone has to suffer, it seems. But you don't need to suffer more than you need to suffer. There are plenty of examples around you to help you see the path better not taken. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Nonbeliever Bible Club. We only got a few more chapters left of Deuteronomy than the Torah will be fully read by a guy who believes in nothing. Joineth me on my quest to read the Bible. Right here, next week, Nonbeliever Bible Club. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening. Don't eat the bird with the eggs. Stay away from Dad's skirt. Adios. Adios.